Hey guys, welcome to episode 262 of the podcast with my guest, Lisa Loeb. So cool and exciting. Uh, I am so delighted that Lisa was able to take time out of her busy schedule to do the podcast. Um, I had a great time. I think you will enjoy the episode. I want to do a few quick shout outs to get some uh, catching up done here. I want to thank Jennifer and Joe and Emma for your emails. Um, I also got some lovely feedback on Twitter uh, about Jenny Jaffe's episode and um, um, uh, thank you guys so much for your support and your your uh, your enthusiasm about that episode. Obviously, Jenny and I both uh, we went there, um, so I I really appreciate it, and uh, that's what the podcast is about. So I love it. I also wanted to you know I got a lovely email from a, a, a gal named Gal. Come on, who says that? <laughs> Uh, Cheryl, who is working on uh, a project slash org um, called Scaly Tales. Um, what I can tell you is you need to visit the website. It's S-C-A-L-Y-T-A-I-L-Z dot webs dot com. That's W-E-B-S dot com. Um, it involves rescuing and uh, and just helping and educating uh, regarding amphibians and reptiles. It's just great. So check it out. And I think that'll do it other than just to remind you that Stand Against Evil is coming back on November 1st on IFC. And you can watch the entire first episode, uh, first season rather, on Hulu. And uh, there are other places to watch it as well. If you give it a Google, I think IFC is pretty good at pointing people in the right direction. So, um, so stay tuned for that. And I'm going to leave you with that. I feel certain I'm forgetting something key. Isn't that just how it goes? All right. Hope you're doing well. Now entering Nerdist.com. In. We don't even. Oh, what's Camp Hello? Champions? Tell me about. Tell me about Camp Champions. Camp Champions. That I'm was looking actually at the photograph water. that I sent you. Oh, I haven't gotten a photo. Oh, I didn't, didn't get, get the one photos? yet. Oh, Janet sent them We'll to get you. it. We'll get it. Um, I'll show it to you. She said, "Do you want to send this or this?" And I last night, late at night, I said, "Send this and this." Oh, she probably just hasn't sent it to me yet. And also, no, um, no big whoop. Camp Champions. I recognize the shape of that state. I'm proud to say yeah, that is a I do state. recognize the I shape of the state. A lot of states. Well, you know, when you get into the like basic rectangle of many of the like states in the middle, Isn't that yeah, kind of round on one side ish. Well, I just hung a, a large. Um, I, hung, I hung a large map on the wall the other day. Yeah, with my kids, that was fun. But I need to study the states. Are your how old are your kids? They're five and almost eight. Okay, so that is kind of the let's get to know yeah. where we are Especially in relation to everything like, else. In Niagara Falls, or in sure, that? sure. That's I'm like I don't really know. <laughs> I, I did realize it's northwest of, it's slightly northwest of uh, DC. You know what? Which is why my mom said I was born in DC when I was little. Wait, I don't know. She liked it added on. Don't worry about it. We'll get we'll get it. Don't even worry about it. Um, I the I the New York Times crossword consistently will have a three letter. They will say like Bethesda to DC direct, and oh, you I have know, to know it's like spice out. And I never and know, I and I feel like such know. an idiot. I'm like, I never know. I don't know if it's still sorry. And I'm like, well, it's got to have an E and a W. Exactly. And an yeah. S can and I just N. wing I'm this? Like, Which one of these? Will yeah. Fit? Can I wing yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. So it's a, that's a little embarrassing. But I would say I would imagine that, you know, I think as somebody who tours, do you do you feel like you get more of a jigsaw puzzle sense of where everything is in proximity, or is it just like you're in a plane? Or you're on a bus and then you're in a new place and you don't even get time to register where you are. Really. I do both. I have amnesia. I, I look on my map in the in the car. I show my kids the map, and then sometimes I get there and I still am really confused. The other day in the hotel, I was in Bethesda and I looked in the hotel uh, magazine because I was like, everybody's just throwing around all these names of cities. Like, well, we're not really in Bethesda. We're it's not really North Bethesda. That's fake. It's really uh-huh. Rockville. <laughs> and I'm like, I know Rockville because I was a DJ when I was growing up, and we used to play these carts that had these PSAs, public service announcements, like follow the rules of the road and crime dog. And those were made oh, in Rockville. Sure. They said Rockville, Maryland. So I knew Rockville. And then I found out that 
that Rockville was kind of trying to be Bethesda in this one little area with this new complex. And then everyone said, like, a friend of mine who lives in D.C., she's like, well, I'll come up and have coffee with you. I'm like, oh, okay, great. I'm like, isn't that, is that far? Is she making, like, a huge right. commitment to come all the way to Bethesda to right. see me? But then my mom, I was born in Bethesda, but my mom used to say D.C., so they must be close. Right. And then so I looked in the map to say, like, okay, where's Bethesda and where's D.C.? <laughs> yeah. And how far is the airport and where are we? And I was like, okay, it's, it's really close. Bethesda's about 30 minutes away from DC and yeah. it's close and I see where it is. But then I will go home, you know, and within a week I'll completely, now that we had this conversation, I might not forget it, but I'll completely forget where Niagara Falls was. Sure. How, I, I, it's, it's really frustrating. Well, but I love the idea of you having that big map up on the wall with your kids. You put, did, did you, were you also we like putting put pins? pins. Well, yeah. The like is, we the pins here. we have, have the plastic, the big plastic piece that you stick them with. Mm-hmm. I think I need yeah. the flat tacks. Yep. 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 But yep. again, I'm nervous about that because it's right above the bed um, and I was yeah. going to move the bed to and from that space, depending on if I had two guests or one guest, mm-hmm. but I think I'm just going to leave it there, but I need a headboard, but then maybe I need to move the cork board that has the thing on it. Yeah. But then if I, or I need to but find pins. But they're not going to fall out. Or, I mean, honestly, like if you're... Or a deeper pin with a little ball on it. I like the ball pin. That might not I don't think out. that ball pin's going to come out. I don't out. think it's going to come out either. I think that's really a good idea. Yeah. And, I mean, if it's your map and you've been to the place you've been to, yeah, you could put a marker. Yeah. I mean, like you could even just... It could be a permanent draw, like drawn on yeah. red dot because oh, yeah, you know what I mean. That's it's not like because like it's not like it's a lesson pen. where you're going to need to erase it because that's showing a place yes. you've been. Yes, well, we're really getting to the bottom of this. This that's is fantastic. Really important. Stuff. I don't know why we both weren't geography teachers. It's clear to me now <laughs> that we would both be very <laughs> of aware maps. of where we are. <laughs> it's like wooden maps with those wooden pieces, and then like New Jersey and. and New Hampshire, they're really small and weird and they start breaking the little sure. tiny wooden pieces. Yeah. I, uh, I'm i from Arizona and, oh. and so anything on the West Coast feels so manageable because they're, everything's yeah. just a big chunks. Well, like I can, I'm pretty set California. on the West Coast yeah. and then everything past. Like I'm okay with Texas, obviously. Yeah. But, but even easy. things that Texas touches, I'm, I'll be surprised at. Like, I wait, know, it also like, connects yeah. with Arkansas. Wait, what? But yeah, when I look at Atlanta and Georgia, I'm like, oh, every time yeah. I see Georgia, I'm like, Oh, that's where that is. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I can see. I forget, and then I remember it. I get it. Do you uh, think of yourself having having been uh, raised in Bethesda? Do you think of yourself as an East Coaster? Oh, no, I was raised in Texas. Oh, you were okay. That's okay, little, so that I've takes us to Camp Champion. So you were born in Bethesda. I was born in Bethesda. DC. My dad's a doctor, and he and I was born in the Naval Hospital in Bethesda back then in those days when that was his sort of Vietnam era. Yeah, hospital. Um, where he's working. And then we moved to San, D- San Francisco, where my sister was born. Nice. And then we moved to San Diego, where my little brother was born. And then we moved back to Dallas, which is where my mom is from. She grew up there. She was born there. My dad's from Sweetwater, Texas. So I'm, I consider myself a Texan. Gotcha. That was like my main childhood. And Camp That's Champions those are your prime memories. summer camp I went to growing up. It's nice. outside of Austin. Yeah. And, um, and my daughter is starting to go there. So it's very Austin's exciting. fantastic. Did you ever think yeah. about living in Austin? No, I have terrible allergies. Oh, Austin yeah. is very weedy. Yeah. It's very brush. No, it is. Even Shrubs. San Antonio, where my sweetie is from, when we go back to visit his family, if it's the wrong time of the year, I will be sure I'm getting the flu. Like yeah, the yeah. flu, heavy, like, oh, something's really yeah. wrong with me. Flu, which I don't associate with allergies yeah. because I'm used to like mm, a little bit of like a, hmm, you know, your eyes yeah, are exactly. red little. And it, it no, is like, allergies it knocks you out. Oh, yeah. And allergies just kill me. I, I do love, I do love Texas. I love the dry humor and yeah. like Ann Richards type of people, real straight shooters. Um, and I have a lot of friends there and I love visiting Austin. I eat a lot of pancakes uh-huh. <laughs> and drink strong coffee and yeah. have really interesting, artsy, interesting friends. Sure. But I have to say my sort of suburban life in LA that is secretly artsy, um, just suits me more. It's more like growing up in Dallas. Dallas was very conservative growing mm-hmm. up there in the eighties and being somebody who's more of like an artist and musician type. Um, I felt sort of on the outside, even though I was also like president of student council and mm-hmm. I had lots of friends and stuff, but still it just, it was very grow grain ribbons were like the thing and being really clean and dressing really well. Yeah. And so being in Los Angeles where, you know, your neighborhood can look like that. It can look really suburban, but Everybody's writing a book and yeah. a play and, you know, in the back room, making a podcast, doing a, you know, recording an album. Um, they understand if you say you're going somewhere to shoot a film or make a, do a tour yeah. or, 
you know, it, it all is very average, yeah. which is so nice. Yeah, then I you agree. don't feel like you're on the outside. You yeah. Know? You don't have to be like, you know, a goth or something. Like, <laughs> you can have interesting ideas and that's the norm. Yeah, absolutely. And then you have all the luxuries of suburbia. You have, uh, you know, parking and groceries and it's just air space and yeah. a little sometimes a little more quiet yeah exactly space and quiet and neighbors and we all talk to each other and say hello and yeah did you ever how about new york were you drawn i to love that new york city yeah. i lived in new york city for a long time too and oh, i okay. feel very at home there i feel like i'm in sesame street i just feel it just feels normal <laughs> like when i go to new york city i like going to the deli and just getting some flowers and going to the grocery store yeah um i do too but i i mean i was just there for new york comic-con which granted that's a very busy time and it's, and it's very it, crowded where is and like it? Is it out at um, it's a Javits, Javits and so then they put you in midtown in so then there, you're yeah. like near Times Square mm. and I only had time to go down into kind of the village and the Lower East Side yeah. once and uh and then just get and I'm usually down in that area more where it's yeah. just more quiet or up in Harlem where it's more quiet and I really had that just like physical body exhaustion just from navigating being yeah. on a busy street. And I really, until I got like, I sort of got south of Union Square and then I was like, oh, okay, this is like a, right, right, right. This is also New York. Right. I don't so have confusing. to push my way past people every yeah. moment, but it really takes a toll on me. Yeah. It's, it's, Even though I love it and it feels normal to me too, but yeah, I think I, like I do it. have... I, I could live there except for, I think it's really expensive and it's just, I was, I was going to say it's harder with kids, but on the other hand, I think my kids would love it. Yeah. I don't know if so, I, I'm more, I think we're always secretly thinking like maybe some work will take us there Sure, sure. or, you know, we'll spend the summer there. I was there for two weeks in June at the Carlisle singing shows every night and my in-laws helped bring my kids in to the city from Los Angeles. They were in for a week and they stayed at the Carlisle hotel nice. with me on the Upper East Side and it yeah. was like being Eloise and... And it was really fun, you know? I really enjoyed it. But it, they do get tired easier. They yeah. get more tired more easily. It was hot. It's a little more of a commitment to... I mean, we're just so spoiled by, like, I can spend a day here just working at home. And, like, the only place I go is somewhere on my bike or... You know what I mean? Right. And so it feels it's sort different. of lazy. It just feels... It, that slowness is... I think yeah. I've become real accustomed to. But I think that happens in L.A. too. Like, I... I by myself, I'll come over the hill to do something or go someplace that's not our neighborhood. And we live in a real little pocket. And when I, I realize, oh, right, this is Los Angeles. Sunset Strip is also Los Angeles. Absolutely. And Koreatown. It's so and many downtown. different little towns. And we don't always get to those other places. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it, and I, and I can't imagine my kids growing up, you know, around that Sunset Boulevard type of thing or Beverly Hills. Like, that's just not our world. No, no, so that no kind way. Of, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Do we really live here? But yeah. where we live exactly in our, in our, in our, community and everything that's great yeah so I don't know I think it's similar in New York I think there's there's so many different communities and neighborhoods no and you're absolutely right it's kind of as big or as small at any given time yeah. as it needs to be depending on what you're doing in your life yeah um when you were in Dallas uh were there people that were that were like you mentioned we sort of laughed about being goth which as these guys know I absolutely was when I was in <laughs> high school uh because it was I think this sort of attempt to find yeah. a place for myself that felt more comfortable um which in the long term I, that's not something that lasted by the time I was a right. senior I was sort of just back into like wearing weird house coats from Goodwill but there right. was like but the maybe with docks or whatever yeah, yeah. um but uh but I but I specifically remember before I kind of transformed going in from eighth grade to freshman year because it's a perfect time to sort yeah. of become something different even before that in junior high um like looking with interest because I was like in student council and you know yeah. I was in theater and stuff and it was an art school but I was very buttoned down and I would look with at envy at the quote-unquote artistic right. kids yeah. who were already wearing like you know, their mom's old hippie shirts yeah, and like stuff like that. Yeah, totally. Did you see that from afar and, and go like, oh, I know that's not exactly me, but like there's something about that that feels familiar? I think I sort of transitioned or into that. I think I yeah. just transitioned. I, I went to an all-girls school. We had a uniform. Oh, well, there you go. So, so it was uniform. Yeah. From, yeah. For 11 years, I went to a place where there was uniform. But I think as my, I think there, the preppy stuff was popular when I was a kid. I mean, in the, in the late 70s and early 80s, my friends and I, we we loved funny stuff. We used to like reenact Bob and Ray radio shows on our tape recorder, or uh, we, we would just do all kinds of things. And um, I think we always saw the dry, humorous side of that '70s. You know, having blue jeans with like a, a 
a rainbow, you know, like Mork and Mindy patches, like right. Mork from Mork was really funny. Or there were sort of quirky, quirky elements of the 70s and 80s disco style, you know, rainbow shirts, green pants, gold belt, that yeah. kind of stuff yeah. that combined with the preppiness of being in a very conservative Southern, you know, being raised in a, just a conservative Southern place where men wear pleat front, pla- uh, pleat front khaki pants mm-hmm. and penny loafers and right. belts and shirts. Yeah. So we were always sort of slightly alternative and right. my friends and I always sort of liked that. Um, and, and I think that just continued to develop all through high school. I definitely always had an eye for, you know, the slightly older kids, uh, the people working at the record stores, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe people who already had their band and they were in high school and they had, you know, there was this band called Josh Omisho um, and Josh and Mish were brothers and they, one of them had like the long Kajagugu braid, I think, totally. and like the hair. And I used to look at my, and maybe it was dyed orange, maybe mm-hmm. like a Duran Duran type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and my brother, my younger brother loved skateboarding and he'd get skate magazines. And those are the kind of magazines I'd bring into my hair. People saying, I want my hair to look like that boy. Oh like, yeah. You know, short, Curly, like a long bangs like or a like little a, yeah. messy like I just was drawn to that because of our uniform we kind of had to stay in there but we were drawing on our shoes you know I had like Juan Miro little uh surreal little sure. shapes and stuff I'd drawn on them and um I don't know I think it was it was sort of a seamless transition of wanting and being mm-hmm. you know it wasn't that makes sense. It, it the new wave thing was happening we knew where all the cool stores were in Dallas we'd get our parents to take us there um, it just felt right to be wearing, you know, kind of like powdery lime, not lime, but like, uh, lime chiffon color, you know, that kind of white lime mm-hmm. baggy drop crotch pants with like short boots and, or punk boots, you yeah. know, and, uh, one long big earring and, you know, hair coming out of some culture uh-huh. hat, <laughs> yeah. you know, it was just, it was, it, it, it just, and, and there was a group of us, and, and not only at the girls' school, but we knew people from the other school, Green Hill, and the other school, Arts Magnet, and St. Mark's, and a few different schools in the area, and we'd all see each other at the same concerts, Psychedelic Furs, and... Nice. Um, yeah, Dallas does obviously get... Yeah. It's part of a circuit that gets yeah. really great stuff. And we'd get, like, backstage passes, and we started interviewing bands, and that was, like, in high school, and we were all started playing music, and... So Wait, it when it, like, back up to you interviewing bands. I love this. We, was, my when you were in high school. I interviewed bands... Um, I was a DJ on a radio station at the boys' school. Um, when you still in high school? Yes, in high school. That's when so I was awesome. a sophomore, the boys' school had a radio station, and I started DJing over there. And I'd bring in these huge crates of records by myself, this little 14, 15 year old girl. Yeah. Um, and I had a show, and and it was eighty eight point five FM, and it had some radius. It wasn't a huge radius, but it was kind of like here in Los Angeles, where a whole community could live within. Yeah, that radius. yeah. So people would call me up and make requests, and I played. I, I think I called it everything you always wanted to hear, but you didn't buy. So it would be everything from this Led Zeppelin great. and Jimi Hendrix yeah. to um, Robert Plant to new wave bands and local bands, and I would. I even started getting familiar with some record company like promotion people Um, and my cousin had a music magazine it was a little more rock it had like the sexy lady with the guitar on the cover Uh (laughs) one called Buddy Magazine but he gave me some promotional stuff especially from IRS Records which was the really alternative um, it it was the alternative label at the time I think they had Wall of Voodoo and Mm -hmm. uh, the police their original record was on IRS but then they moved to A&M Records but anyway I was like obsessed with records collecting records Buying records, I DJed at parties. I had a radio show for three years. Um, but do you know Amira Barrent? I do. That's a, she's. I, I just Did remember. She do the same I, thing? Well, yeah, she I talked to her about. I, it. I'll have to. I'll have to. Like the. Mo- it's so funny because people I'm friends with. The most we ever talk about our teen years is on yeah. this podcast. So yeah. it's not something we talk about all the time. But she also at a very young age was like just knew more yeah. about music and knew more in depth about labels and all that kind yeah. of stuff that um, that I. I mean, I definitely was like, let me please find this Depeche Mode uh, right. single at the CD yeah, store. Exactly. And like how that feeling of like, oh my God, uh, yeah. does anyone else see that I found this? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go ahead like seeing like just the yeah. handwritten word import in blue ink yeah. on a white sticker being like, we got something big here, you guys. Know, Listen, like this the... is what the gold miners felt like. Um, but <laughs> the uh, disc but of yeah, totally. Balloon totally. In German. I oh, in, in original German. But yeah, no, I was I was a big music collector, and because I also DJed parties, I was friendly with some of the local record seller people. Like they had this big indie record place, still exists called Bill's Records, and he would 
they would give me like some of their promotional posters or buttons and things like that that I would give away at parties when I DJed parties. Um, but I was playing like deep cuts of Duran Duran, and I, I just, but it was cool. So like cool. people would bring me records, or I would I would interview. But but and so I had two other. I have a, I had a bunch of friends, but two of my best friends, Margaret and Adrian. Um, Adrian, who lives here, who is also friends with Amira. Um, and Amira, I've known her since New York City, but now we talk about parent stuff. Of course, but, exactly, um, exactly. Greg. It's not something you would talk but about. But so um, Adrian and Margaret and I, Margaret had a video camera. It might at first it was a film camera, not even video camera, and we had we had. Uh, we always, all of us, ever since we were little, we had tape recorders and we would do fake radio shows and all this stuff since we were in, I don't know, eight years old or so. Yeah. I actually have some of the cassettes I need to have I'm them. So, it's so great that you still have them, yeah. But so we we um, we started getting interested in interviewing bands. Adrian was a journalist at the newspaper. And Margaret was like the tech person who knew all this stuff about that. And I was on the radio. And so we started finding bands like we found the pretenders although I think we just woke them up but like we went to the romantics and interviewed them in their hotel room we went and interviewed the <laughs> alarm in their van yeah go, it was it was weird because we were girls but but we weren't groupies but we loved music and it was a weird sort of place to be because mm-hmm. we were we were girly we like we liked the go-go's and we yeah. liked you know looking like the b-52s and all that kind of stuff but you created a reason for yourself to be exactly, in those environments yeah. that weren't that was yeah. not predicated on someone else's permission exactly. to hang out. You know yeah. what I mean? And I think there's I get that too because that's what I even as a young person. And by the way, what I'm so impressed with is just like for me, there was less of a sense of oh, this is possible. Like this is a thing I could do at a young age, and more mm-hmm. something other people who were older than cooler than me did. And so right. I just love that you know even at that young of an age, you were like I've amassed a collection. I this has been interest for me for long yeah. enough that I'm I can you know walk my way through an awesome radio show. Yeah, and like we would just uh, it, yeah. It but, just it felt it felt you know it was it was definitely something that was special and something we were trying to do, but we were actually doing it also. Yeah. And even, it was funny, I remember one time, I, I had forgotten, but it's somewhere on YouTube, this guy, Joe Nick Patowski, who's a writer in Dallas, he actually started writing for Rolling Stone and all kinds of magazines, but he wrote a lot in Dallas, and he put together this panel discussion with this local artist, Joe King Carrasco, who had been on MTV, actually, and he had a couple of different journalists, journalists asking questions to Joe King Carrasco and he asked me to do it. I guess I had been doing this a lot. I was in high school yeah. though. And it's so funny to see me wearing this, you know, I think I had gotten out of school. I had my real clothes on instead of a uniform, but I had kind of a Southern Valley girl accent. Uh-huh. Like, so anyway, what do you think? Like when you, <laughs> you know, like trying to ask real questions, but you know, as, as a grown up, you look back and you're like, wow, we were actually, yeah, we were doing it. Like absolutely. We, were, we were getting backstage. We were talking our way backstage, you know, getting tickets. Yeah. Uh, all that kind of stuff. And that's why I think is, oh, I guess that's what I was going to say. But we were also is fans. Like, you know, we waited in line oh, to get sure. like autographs. And, yeah. But we felt but, like a little step up from that. Well, I think way. that's exactly, like, I think if I had had the moxie that you had, that would have been my approach also because I, for, for such a long, from like whenever I can remember, I, like I yearned to meet a hero with some legitimacy. Like I wanted to have yeah. my own legitimacy to it. I, I wanted to sort of have something that could be an exchange not unlike, you know, it doesn't mean I wouldn't want thing. someone's autograph, but it's still just kind of like, well, I want, I want, I'm doing something that's a part of this. I'm yeah, not just exactly. telling someone else I like what they do. Right. You I know, I don't, I still don't understand. I mean, I know, I know the, I, I do still remember and, uh, that feeling of not, of, of like say, of not being groupies. But, you know, sometimes you are attracted to people in the bands. You're like, oh, my God, they're so cute. Of course. But you're also like, a, a hormonal teenager. Like, of, of course. Like, thing of, 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 yeah, just being in it and not being, not being a groupie. Having, like you said, having a reason to be there, being interested. It's, it's weird. I don't know what that is. I definitely appreciate it when my fans come to me, when I, I sign CDs after shows or do, or do signings places or people stop me in airports. I, I, I try to... I open up to people quickly. I, I can tell the difference between people too. There's the kind of people like my mom's type of people, like like oh my gosh, I saw so and so and I talked to them, and I know I can see when they're trying to be cool and, and try not to care, or yes. or they care, or the husband really doesn't care and right. that's fine, or all the different versions of it, like you know what that experience should look like, and I I don't mind being a part of what the experience should like look like, mm-hmm. or you know if, when I'm at I think we met Corey Hart once or, you know, uh, I got out of school to have Andy Summers sign my book. Oh, we met um, also Andy Warhol. 
Oh, wow. I had him sign wow. a, a soup can for me. But nice. anyway, um, my mom would like let us get out of school to go meet some of these people. There was just something about, yeah, the proximity. And I mean, it, it feels cooler now that I actually do it as a grown up. I'm in that world of entertainment, but there was still something about being near it. And I don't know what that is, yeah. but I see it when people come to me and they want my autograph and they might be shaking a little bit. I know what that feels like mm-hmm. and I appreciate it. Me and too, I, yeah. And I know like well, it means a lot to them and it means a lot to me that it means a lot to them and I, it's it's just an interesting, it's weird to like, you know, be in that world. Oh, totally. And but, like that, that's something that it's what is so crazy about comic cons now is that like I have done a handful of things that you know for the niche of people that are yes. interested in them they feel very passionately about it and it's yeah. very important to them and just your mention of like that dichotomy of the person who's with the person who has no idea who you are or <laughs> they don't, don't care are, about but, your stuff yeah. and that that energy shift of like there's so many little pockets of things people can be into and be fiercely into yeah. and engage with the people who, you know, because you can go yeah. to Comic-Con and get an autograph or whatever. Yeah. And it really is, I, there's something that's kind of like wonderful about that to be at a level where five people might be like, nice, nice to meet you. I don't know. But yeah. that, but like Good one person is yeah. like, oh my gosh, I love, like, oh, okay. So yeah. we just, you know, human beings get, ex- and then the, all those people get so excited about something that I've never heard of. And exactly. there's room for everybody. And you know what I mean? But yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, it's very interesting. Do you but have siblings? A fun time. I do. I have a, a little sister, Debbie, who's, uh, lives in Dallas and she makes music. She does dance pop music and she's also like an education specialist. Nice. Um, and my older brother, Ben, who lives in Iowa, who is a conductor and a pianist and works with the orchestras and does conducting. Were your parents musical? They, they There's a lot of music in the family. And I also yeah. have a little brother who lives in New York City and he's um, part owner of a couple of studios. They do a lot of post-production on yeah. tons of commercials and other things. And he's a, an engineer there. Uh, they do like all the Super Bowl commercials and all that stuff. Nice. But yeah, everybody, there was, there was a lot of music in the house. My dad played piano. We had, they had tons of records. The radio was on, the record player was mm-hmm. on. They went to concerts. They really valued that stuff. Yeah. Not necessarily for us to become those things when we grew up. Right, right. But uh, the were, culture of your home is just constantly enforcing yeah, that. In it wasn't like groovy or anything. Mm-hmm. It was just, just very culture oriented, not like highfalutin culture, even though we also knew about opera and ballet and things like that mm-hmm. probably more through school but um they just love music it's just part of you know movies and music and plays yeah. and musical theater and it was just part of growing up did you uh when did you did they have you on an instrument at an early age oh yeah i, I think i don't remember how early it's probably around first grade ish i would think mm-hmm. I, I will say that in the family growing up uh, music was something you did when you took lessons and then you started doing it. And I know by at least by second grade, if not earlier, we were doing two lessons a week. We do a theory lesson in a group and we do a one-on-one lesson with a piano teacher. Plus I was doing dance lessons and other stuff too, as was my sister and my brothers didn't do dance, but they did piano. But with my kids, we, we have to get them into lessons for that stuff. But we do have it's a little bit more like the life of the artist Mm -hmm. in that way. Like other people probably would see that as really groovy the way there's just guitars everywhere. Like I let my son take this pink Daisy rock, uh, acoustic bass I have. And he just, he really wanted to play it and he's five and he, he can't play it, but he, he took it and he took both guitars and both guitar stands. And there was a really nice old Martin guitar that he took. And I said, you know, this one isn't really for like, this isn't as much for messing around. You Mm -hmm. can play it, but don't hit it really hard. Mm -hmm, It's not mm -hmm. really the one you want to use as a drum. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, but he just can play it. The, the piano's open. I, I want them just to like... Sure. There's a little drum kit. But in, you know, growing up in my generation, in my house, and it may might may have been my own uh, limitation, but just you, you didn't really sit down and mess around on the piano unless you were practicing a thing you were learning. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, same, same. Oh, I mean, I didn't grow up with a piano in the house, but especially without, I mean, I had like the keyboard that I could put my little, so no one would have to listen. But I did go to... I went to piano lessons like first through fourth grade and I love my piano teacher, but I hated practicing as yeah, I only happens when I was sitting next to you. Yeah. Teacher. I mean, it just wasn't something that I had that, that kind of passion for. And then when I found, when I started taking guitar in fifth grade, that was something I liked practicing for yeah. whatever reason that made sense to me. And it was like, a, 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 I felt pulled to get good at it in yeah. a way that I just never felt about the piano. It's funny. I think for me that was because piano was mostly for classical music. Yeah. I did have some um, 
sheet music books from the 70s and Elton John and Queen. I love Queen. And David Bowie. I love oh, David yeah. Bowie. And so I was always trying to... Well, I wasn't figuring out Bowie yet. That was later. But I, I think I tried to figure out a couple of piano things. But it was more centered around classical music, which I don't dislike. Yeah. I, I enjoy it. But I just... I'd always have something else better to do than practice, unless yeah. I was sitting next to the teacher. But with guitar, when I moved into guitar when I was 14, around, you know, before, just before eighth grade, and I brought it to my summer camp, um, it was more about learning pop music. Mm -hmm. And so that just seemed more of a, a reason to play. Yeah. I still learned theory, and I learned some jazz, and, but it was centered around you know, expressing myself in a way that seemed more normal. Mm -hmm. and Did you start writing your thing? own songs as early as that? I started writing when I was around six or seven, when I was playing piano, like on piano, just different instrumental things. And, um, but with guitar, I started writing lyrics too. Do you, are your, uh, uh, do you have early songs? I'm saying this as a very, I mean, I, I don't play anymore really, oh, yeah. um, unless it's like for a comedy show, but, uh, but do you have, like sometimes all of a sudden a lyric from something I wrote when I was 17 will come up and I am, I don't, I can't even, like I start blushing. I'm like, yeah. oh God, they were so like just overwrought and you yeah. know. I, I mean, I do that around college and high school songs. I have I have songs, I remember I turned in some songs for my college application, which I was, I, I like the songs. It's just, I, I was, I'm a really shy person. I was especially shy when I was growing up. I, I think around when I was 15, I decided I'm not going to be shy. You know, I, I I'll just talk to people and yeah I'm not going to be shy and the rate and you already had the radio show yeah but, but see was, that's so fascinating I mean, I to me after yeah no I totally that get stuff. that so but, but I think that's such that's also so great is like the like shy some people think shy and confidence don't mix no whereas really, that's not true like you yeah. can have the confidence to be a creator and to be artistic right. and that doesn't mean you're gonna walk into a party and just be able to talk to everyone right and I I've crossed the line <laughs> I do talk to anybody but I feel more like somebody's weird aunt you know like I talk to people in the air in the elevators I'm like that weird businessman who's like so how's the weather <laughs> like why am I my friend David's always like you talk to anybody I'm like I know I, I don't know what happened to me explain things in yeah, what I'm feels like, like a kooky aunt way like this waiter doesn't need to know why I'm not finishing my food no one cares I so why know. are you trying to make him know. your friend <laughs> I don't know so I know I was trying to be like to not say as much recently and it, it took me so much effort to sort of keep certain things to myself right. just to like let it go <laughs> just keep it to yourself just have a moment of breathing right now yeah. like it was like a, a talking diet like yeah. just stop you don't need to say you don't need to like tell them about your personal life you just met them right it's okay but I was really shy and then I switched to not being I, I decided not to be shy um but I still was a little shy but when I was 15 and the reason I'm telling you that is I don't remember Oh, that's welcome to I don't this know. podcast. Uh, this is one place where you could talk endlessly and non sequitur all you want, and it would be like right at home. Um, did you? So, did the shyness extend to dating? Like, how did you navigate oh, crushes and do people have crushes oh, on I you? Know and lyrics. did you not? You know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Lyrics. That was the way great. I could yeah. write about feelings, and nobody was going to know what I was thinking. Right. Which is one of the reasons I started writing more on acoustic than electric. Like you said, you could put your headphones and I could sit in my room quietly with my acoustic, even though I, I love playing my electric guitar also. But, um, I think that's why I mostly write on acoustic. I'm just like, Oh, don't listen to what I'm saying. <laughs> this is my private thoughts. But when you listen to the lyrics, they're just so obvious. Like, like, Oh, I love you, but nobody will ever know. Uh -huh. You know, like, like, Oh, I don't want to tell you how I feel kind of right. songs. I didn't navigate dating. Well, I did, I did. I was at an all girls school. I yeah. went to religious school with boys also like Sunday school was with boys. What I, religion I was, was it? Jewish. I'm Jewish. Oh, okay. And I, it was just, everybody was so social and talking to each other. And I just was, you know, the, the punk and the new wave era kind of, you know, like you were saying, New Order, The Cure, uh, Depeche Mode, all this kind of angsty stuff. And and also just that, that stereotypical alternative person who's a little bit of a shoegazer, a little quirky or yeah. whatever, excused the inability to really connect properly. Mm -hmm. Um I was like in bands with boys and I went to religious school with boys, but I just, I didn't, I couldn't, I didn't know yeah. how dating worked. I, I did go on some of the formals that you had to go on, but it was just, it was not an easy thing. I, I probably acted like, oh yeah, everything's cool. Right. You know, being cool was, being cool and acting like you were cool uh, was a goal of mine. I remember my dad saying, you, you, you guys need to stop trying to act so cool. <laughs> You know, because you because that means you look like yeah, you're putting on a front yeah, you're that everything's fine and you're you're having fun or you're you feel comfortable in your clothes yeah. or you 
whatever it is, but you're really inside just like, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to talk to that person. Oh my gosh, I have a crush on them. I will, ne-, you know, you feel like the the part of the movie where you never will connect with the person, where they're never going to know how you feel. Yeah. Um, I think it wasn't until I got to college and I started dating the guy across the hall. Like, uh-huh. really like, oh my gosh. I didn't really, I, I mean, in retrospect, if somebody came to you and said, oh, I went on dates with Lisa when she was in high school, I would have been like, oh my God, that was a date. Oh, you know, like, totally. I thought it was a date, but I wasn't totally. sure if you thought it was a date. Like, totally. I didn't really date, really. I, I, I was, I was the DJ at the party. Yeah. You know, I was, I was, in, we had group, we had a group of friends called Group 13 and it was more than 13 people. Oh, you had people. a name. Well, it was because there was a, such a big group of us that. It was like, oh, we're all going to go to psychedelic first. Who's going to go? Oh, group 13's going. Uh-huh. Okay, well, you call, you call Margaret and I'll call this person. And it was a, a yeah. handful of people. It was probably more like 21. Yeah. Even at slumber parties at my cousin's house, there was a guy. Like there, were, there was a lot of, a lot of us. It mm-hmm. turned out a lot of the guys were gay, which we didn't know at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, which also was an interesting component to trying to navigate dating and who likes who when actually the guys are mostly gay. And they really aren't interested in you, but that's okay. We're still all friends and having fun and, you know, going to prom together and all that stuff. But yeah, so there was a group of us and and that also makes it easier not to be actually dating when you can still be around all the stuff that you do when you do date. Absolutely. Yeah, it's going to happen anyway. So that kind of takes that pressure off. And I don't know, again, I don't know, you know, later in life I've heard people said to me, oh, I had such a crush on you in high school or college. I'm like, what? Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Like, I, I wish I had known. Like, I, I wouldn't have even known how to, I, you know, I didn't get to that part of the movie. I didn't know. Right. Like, right. I didn't know. Yeah. Did you, when you dated the guy across the hall in college, uh, how did that, did that end like, okay? Just because you were right across the, do you know what I mean? The yeah, whole, no, like, don't he actually you ended up leaving college. He didn't like, he didn't like going to Brown University. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was, he's the only person I've ever heard of. Everyone else is very proud of having the, gone to Brown. He was very goth. <laughs> he was especially goth and alternative. Got it. Um, and he just didn't, he felt landlocked by it in some way. And mm-hmm. he, he ended up going to some other different colleges. So that was a, it was an okay, you know, it, it was hard. I think we broke up. Maybe the beginning of the next year. I don't remember exactly when we broke yeah. up. But it was it was, you know, very upsetting, but at the same time, it was good that we dated, but it wasn't like our lifelong match. Right, right. D- going back to the the uh the artists that you would um interview and stuff, that's another thing that kind of struck me is the whole don't meet your heroes thing that people have a fear of, which of course is like <clears throat> unsurprisingly to anyone because this is how many young women who also play guitar who were I mean I was definitely like had my you know I also love like Peter Gabriel I loved the police I loved my dad and I had a really nice Venn diagram of music we both loved that we would go on road trips (laughs) and listen to together so those guys and talking heads those guys fall into like my dad's taste and my taste and then anything over in like the cure Depeche mode psychedelic like any of that he had no time for Um, but then also I had like my Cat Stevens and my Joni Mitchell of course See, I never listened to, play to that. On guitar. I just didn't listen to any of that. So that for for me with her, as for many people, like right. her music is so emotional and it is so poetic and it yeah. is so um, you know she, speaking of the longing of the heart and all that kind of stuff. I decided so early on, like I hope I never meet her because if how do you how do you meet someone as a generic person yeah, who touches know. you like that versus like maybe I would feel more comfortable meeting people who were making music that I could enjoy with more people instead of feeling right, like it was right. intensely personal. Yeah. So did you have, did, there was never a point at which you met someone and were like, well, that thank you for ruining my enjoyment of your music, oh, sir, madam. I, I've, I've had that. I've definitely had that, but I, I just try, I, 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 I don't know. It's like living in, in different compartments. There's certain people and, and this goes all the way till now. I yeah. get to meet people all the time. Sure. It's just, it's crazy. I mean, there's certain people that have disappointed me a couple of times. I won't name names because uh-huh. I, I keep thinking that <laughs> no need, they maybe I'll meet switch. them. Maybe one day I'll meet around. them again and they'll be like, they'll, they won't remember. Yeah. Sort of giving me the brush off twice yeah. already. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like Andy Summers and Stuart Copeland, awesome. They, oh, they so were good awesome. To hear. Like, I met them. I was talking to them. I was able to gush and gush and then just have normal conversations with them. And yeah. I still feel like a big fan. Yeah. You know, David oh, Bowie, amazing. I got to meet. Oh, huge. I got to meet Robert Smith, but he was he was exactly like you'd expect. He was like standing Stand in a corner by himself. I didn't even yeah. talk to him really. I just like had a quick hello backstage. Yeah. I, I We hung out with some of the other guys in the band. And um, there's just... I, I will say with a couple of the musicians that weren't super 
engaging or didn't really care, which is even almost, it feels almost more heartbreaking now that I'm a professional musician and they they don't care at all. Ugh. They have no idea. I'm like, oh, but that, you know, I'm like, oh, we have something to connect on. But, sure, yeah. But no, we don't. For God's so, sake. But with those people, I just compartmentalize. I'm just yeah. like, well, that, it, it almost is better in a way because you, they're, those are the ones who've got those weird deep lyrics and, mm-hmm. you know, they're really dramatic and it's like, they really are. Right, You right. know, like they are. Or, you know, there's the midpoint kind of people who are just really wacky and they're, they seem like wacky artists and they are wacky artists. And yeah. it's perfect, you know, that's great. Yeah. That's and then every once point. in a while there's musicians where you're like, I can't believe, like I, I, I know this person. Yeah. It's, it's very weird. It's nice to hold, that is uh, those, holding on to those pinch me moments and, kind of touching in with them like I'll sometimes have that where I, like I've gotten to a point of familiarity and friendship with someone and every once in a while I'll see it from the outside and be yeah. like oh that's that's pretty cool I guess uh yes. yeah that's all right all right I gotta I'm gonna drop back into it now so I'm not like a weirdo <laughs> but uh yeah you know I know and I and of course I can't stop myself from talking so I usually at some point will say I still have to tell you this is just really crazy that yeah, I know you yeah um it's funny, somebody, I, I was hanging out with somebody that I think of as my peer, somebody that I've worked with, and we were hanging out at a concert I did this weekend, they came, they were in town, and they brought their mom, we are hanging out, and it was funny, On I saw on Facebook, she posted, I can't believe I was just backstage talking with my childhood hero, not yeah. hero, some word like that, Yeah, you know, talking about shopping at Target, and yeah. I, I was like, oh, I wonder who she was hanging out with, I'm like, oh wait, <laughs> she was hanging out with me, I'm like, oh, that's so, you know, yeah. and I was like, gosh, you could have, I wonder if she... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Was, <laughs> That's awesome. I was like, I didn't realize she was such a big fan. I just thought yeah. she was somebody that we worked together. Sure, sure. Maybe my manager hadn't hadn't made it clear that she was a fan, like when we started working. Yeah, but, or she was doing what right. we would maybe exactly, do at like, times, which like is a normal like, person. Gonna, yeah, let's have this. Yeah. Let's have us be able to be us and not, because I had, I've had a couple of those where you, you want to kind of even say to someone like when you say you meet yeah. people who are shaking like you want to be like I'm a I'm a dork like I say that all yeah, the yeah. time I'm like no no I'm a dork like don't even don't you don't have yeah. to you can just be familiar with me like you don't have to and right. there are people that I've like that I would start to feel like you know what this is someone who like we like the same stuff one of the things they like happens to be something I did right but also in general like we're like we, we're friendly, similar yeah. and we're and and there's been this like a little bit of a, a thing that you want to just kind of push the person and be like no no no, no, stop, don't yeah. defer to me at all. Like, don't don't right. say whatever but you want also, or wherever you want to go. I like, think to myself, like, there are people that I know who are professional people that I'm excited that I know who I've worked with even. Just, I like their work. They're great actors. They're whatever, funny yeah. people. They're comedians and I'm friendly with them. There's still a little bit of that specialness of it. But it is that, it's a weird thing. Like, yeah, I do work with a number of people who I met who were fans at first. And, yeah. and now there's I work with a great makeup artist in New York who is a fan. She even has some of my lyrics tattooed on her wrists from when she was a teenager. Yeah, yeah. But she became a really great professional makeup artist and now I've known her for fifteen years or more. Yeah. And now I know her mom, but she she does my makeup when I go on TV in New York. Yeah. But I think there's still that little sparkle. She's like, Oh, this is cool. Which you know? is great. The sparkle is totally it. great. And I yeah. I appreciate it. And I have the same thing with people that I've worked with. So Oh, totally. It's, no, it's, no, it you're there are absolutely right. Of, of, of it, but it's it is an interesting thing. I mean, it's nice that it, that there is something special because also you know from making things and doing things that there's something of it that's that's the convergence of time and place. It's a different mm-hmm. dimension. It's mm-hmm. not just not not that it's not coming from you. I, I don't know where any of these things come from, but there is something like when I go write a song with a bunch of people in a room, and you go out of the room and you just wrote a song. Yeah, like that's 100%. like a magical weird thing. Yeah, I don't walk. Or, or, I, yeah, a totally. You go in fact, see a I play feel weird and it's even a live yeah. experience, and you're like, oh, it's I a, just saw. I was here at that thing, and it's different than watching a videotape of yeah. it. listening to a, uh, you know, listening to a recording of a live concert. There's something that's happening in that moment. There's, there, are, there is some specialness around some of these things. I Absolutely. don't know what it is. Yeah, there's a, that's funny when there's something, like I do improv a lot, and so that's purely oh, ephemera, totally. right? That's just, yeah. it's gone. And then you do stuff where it's like, well, I improvised this entire show, but then it became like a pilot, and then it lived on. And that, that and versus something that's like, it's always scripted, it feels, it came from someone yeah. else, you were a part of it, and it always was sort of slightly outside of you and never yeah. in the present. But that middle part where it's like, that thing was happened and was it felt yeah. very in the moment and now it's continues on in some capacity is it's it's definitely a different kind of vibe and I feel 
I feel totally stupid and weird on some level even talking with you about like me having fans. Like there's part of me that's like, no, no, no. Eh, they, they no, just, I got just, lucky and I got to do the da 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 da. Like I don't, I don't feel like a person who though. should necessarily, no, but, but even, and, and it can happen on different things. It can happen. You know, I, I started writing a song once, which I never finished, um, that a friend challenged me to write a really autobiographical song back in 1992 or something. <laughs> I never finished the song. But <laughs> one of the lyrics was like, my daddy was a rock star, a doctor I mean, because everybody knows him. They call him by name. You know, like in town, they that is, that there's still like this, this special connection or looking up to somebody for mm-hmm. something. So, I, you know, it, it happens all around for do, different things. Do you have a... Uh do you have a lot of unfinished songs out there or do, are you a, yes. more of a completist? Yeah. I have so many unfinished songs, which used to drive me nuts. And now it's just part of the process, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes it'll be 10 year old piece of song or 20 year old piece of song. And sometimes it'll be from yesterday and maybe it'll become a song and maybe it won't. Yeah. I don't pat myself on the back anymore and say, Oh, I almost have a song. <laughs> if it's not a song, it's not a song. You can't right. perform it or play it in front of somebody. Uh, it's not a song. You can sort of enjoy it like you enjoy a stretch or like, uh-huh. a, <laughs> you know, or well put, you know, turning yeah. out some eyeshadow, but it's not like it's, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Per se. Yeah. You can't add it to your list. Yeah. And when do you feel, oh, this is such a, this is the most cliche question I've asked all podcasts, but, um, that moment where you've made the decision that a song is finished and then it ends up on an album. Do you, do you, is there sort of a, 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 a tradition to that that feels right. like an acknowledgement of, of this is ready or does it always feel like hopefully it's done or it just as I should come up with some cliche like you know it's done when the bread is buttered or like <laughs> when you it's count the beans question. and put them in a yeah you know you just know yeah I, I used to not always know I remember writing a song and it wasn't done and somehow my friend heard it and he's like, what are you talking about? This is done. It was a songwriter yeah. I really respected, a friend of mine from college. And I started thinking, oh. And it happened to me again really recently, not with a song, but I was writing some blogs for a particular thing and blogs and things like that hang over me like the worst homework ever. Uh-huh. I'm usually doing other things and I want it to be well-written and mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm like, oh God. So I just very quickly after I drank some coffee one morning, I was like, I'm just going to write down the general ideas and send them to my manager so that they can sort of see what I'm thinking. Yeah. Tell me which ones look more interesting. And like, Later that day or the next day, I get an email back from my publicist. She's like, I edited the things that you sent, and it, these two look like you might need a little bit more, but these this one's done. I was like, those done. those weren't even written. Those right. literally were like, like if you took a notepad in your car, like the back of a menu, and you yeah. wrote some stuff down, like that was not done. And then I thought, wait a minute. Right, right. Could I have been doing this my whole life? Sure. Where you just like <laughs> say some stuff and somebody thinks it's done? Like, what? Are, how does everybody else do this? Yeah. In like, I thought it needed to be done. And when I turn things in, I like them to be done. Now, I'm, after that, like, I'm like, oh, okay, well, let me, let me be a little bit more rough with my work. I don't, you know, and, and that's actually helpful in the creative process as well. Sure. Like, when I go to a, I had a writing session the other day for a, a song. Somebody wanted a song like something else um, that we had done, but we didn't have the rights to that other song. So we, we needed to write a jazz standard. And so, again, it was right after coffee. I just, I had the idea in my head, like, oh, I should write something, and this is what the title is supposed to be. So I just, like, quickly wrote down some ideas, and I took the guitar off the wall. We have guitars on the wall everywhere, and just sort of came up with some really quick ideas. And and, and the song we wrote was was majorly based on those just yeah ideas that were thrown out and and that that's such an important creative tool to mm-hmm. me, to even just the knowledge that anything can be something and you just have to spit it out and just do it and I couldn't agree more it is helpful having collaborators like somebody who can look at something and edit it or quickly yeah. tell you this is good that's not good I I could do that myself but it's been really helpful uh, especially in writing projects if somebody else can look at my interview answers really quickly and sure say, yeah this is good this didn't make sense or yeah you know that way I could just do it more quickly yeah. I totally agree. I, I feel so the same much way. of it too that I have to do, but I feel I I I, I agree with you that that there is something some characteristic of my brain early on formed the idea that like a first idea could never be the right one opposed to and like, Oh, well that's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the seed. And then that will change a bunch of times. And then the final product will happen versus that exactly what you realize is like, Oh, I guess I, it was closer to the surface than I thought because I don't really have to do as much to this as one would assume. The more you've done it, then, then those things you've been doing those drafts without even doing them yet 
just by way of other projects and stuff, I'm sure. Yeah, it's, it's such a fine line because you want to be crafted in all these things that we do. I think craft is so important, not just, I woke, I woke up and wrote this song. And sometimes you hear people's songs, you're like, Meh, it sounds like it. And other times, right, right. you know, people do craft naturally because of their experience or just their brain. I don't know what. Yeah. But to find that perfect place where you're letting ideas come out, I don't know. Yeah. Again, magical. I couldn't Thanks agree to more. coffee. I couldn't me. agree more. I know. It really makes me want to drink more coffee. Um, I've really been cheating myself with tea. This is terrible. Uh, I got to get into it. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, well, let's play this mash game. I'm going to okay. um, start with a category. So basically, I think what I forgot to tell you at the very beginning was that uh, the ultimate result of this mash game is you end up with one thing from each category, right? So I ask you to give me three okay. of something and then there's like an eeny, meeny, miny, mo process that takes Okay, yeah, not I see the face. There's a face in the middle of the of this mm-hmm. sheet with the mash use, game, which I'll is a, a swirl. smile with braces on mm-hmm. it. That's my podcast logo. Oh, I love mm-hmm. it. So I'm yeah. going to end up with braces. Uh, so you're going to end up with braces. I'm going to draw them I on I do need to get some pen. braces again. Ugh. I had do it for like a year. I think I need to get braces. Your teeth seem perfectly straight. They're no? pretty good. They're getting yeah, yeah. I think I need. I a could little. probably use one of those like built-in bottom yeah. retainers because my bottom teeth are definitely yeah. going crooked. I don't want to. Yeah, you know, <sighs> it's a whole thing. It's a thing. Yeah. Um, okay. So first category is three bands, singer songwriters, composers, anybody in that realm that, um, for one reason or another, it could be that they passed away. It could be that they're just such a different genre. But the chances of you getting to work with them, uh, for one reason or another, are uh, unlikely. And in this MASH universe, the sky's the limit. It could be that, okay. you know, from someone from the 30s, it could be, you right. know, you play oh, accordion with so-and-so and you yeah, don't even yeah. play accordion. Uh, so, but three, so three collaborations that um, could happen in this it's a magical universe. Oh, that could happen? Like, but like okay, only Jimmy in this Hendrix. magical universe. Yeah, there you go. There you have it. Um, let me think who else. Uh, oh, do you know who I met once who was so cute? It was Edge from the you too. Yeah. He was so sweet and cute. It was exactly like you'd expect him to be. Oh, that's nice to hear too. Um, okay, who else? Let me think. Uh, um, see, I was going to say somebody, but I'm not going to say them because I, maybe I'll work with him. Patty Smith, maybe I'll work with her. Well, I, um, I, I, listen, I don't want to say that just because you put it down here means it goes away in real okay. life. If you want to work with Patty Smith, let's put Patty I Smith. Just, that just came to my head. Absolutely. Um, I don't know why. Uh, and how about, well, David Bowie. Great. Great, great, great. All for different reasons. Great, great, great. Um, okay, let's do three places in the world where you would have a vacation home if getting there was not a pain. Oh. Um, some Caribbean something. I mean, I used to love the Turks and Caicos. This is mm-hmm. aside from hurricanes, which are very I know, upsetting. I know. But uh, actually, I would like a, I would like a one in Florida, like mm-hmm. one of those beaches, those white sandy beaches. Mm-hmm. And I'll say Miami, but I think I mean near Miami. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know the Miami exact. Jason, I'm putting it right down. <laughs> yeah, something that's like really soft white sand. Is that on the right side of the? <laughs> I don't know. Speaking of Somewhere Florida, is okay. Colorado. Yeah, big time. I don't know why. E- uh, England somewhere. Mm-hmm. London. Mm-hmm. London. Great, great. Or Scotland. London. Love it. These could all change Makes sense by tomorrow. To me. Anyway. Oh, and they will. That's speaking of yeah. ephemera. Uh, okay. Next question is. Um, okay. This is now. Listen. All due respect, respect to your wonderful husband. Yes. This is MASH universe where it's an alternate universe, romantic partner, husband, sort of a like crush, you know, this is your uh-huh. chance to exercise uh, any crushes you might have had as a younger person. Could be anyone from any period of time. Right. Um, you know, like... Uh, oh, like when I was a kid, I had a huge crush on Timothy Hutton. We That's a good one. I met on Timothy Hutton too a couple years ago. He was talking to a friend of mine and I... I, I <laughs> I was like, I don't even care if I connect with him. I'm just like, oh my gosh, can I get a picture taken with yeah. you? It's a huge, I really, I, I really want to get, get a picture taken with you. And I was like, I'm ruining any chance yeah. of actually knowing this person as a human than having any respect for me, but right. I just don't care. Yeah. Like, I don't care. I understand. Uh, uh, this is so hard to think of because I just think of my husband. Um, I know it's a very sweet. I know I always feel, people tease me because I'm, I feel so apologetic about it and people are like, you know, it's. it's not that big of a deal that you're asking about crushes, Janet. Well, you're not trying to break up a marriage. That's it. Bo, uh, like some olden timey person, like like Bogart, mm-hmm. Humphrey Bogart. Mm-hmm. Sure, I just thought of him. Um, Han Solo. Great. <laughs> Great. My husband would like that one too. Maybe he'll he'll there you go. be a double date. <laughs> we'll cross our fingers that you like, end up getting Grover that. from uh, <laughs> Grover from bless. The, he's wonderful. Um, 
God, I do love the Grove. Never called them that. Never will again. That was a one-timer. Uh, okay, so That's next category go. is... Um, Let's do now. You're going to stretch your improv muscles here, but I just have a feeling that it, there will be an interesting set of answers. Um, give me three like musicals. They could be rock musicals. They could be like kind of strictly for film, like Once or what or whatever the yeah the, whatever that one is. Um, that uh, but like three sort of plots of musicals that you would do the music to and you would write the lyrics to that we've not seen before. Oh, that we haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um... Well, it's probably already been written, but Donald Trump, uh, you know, grab grab Great. your pussy. Great. <laughs> it's just called Pussy the Musical. Pussy um, exclamation mark. Yeah, the, the musical. musical. Done. Yeah. Um, Dweezil Zapp and I used to say whatever on ice. Uh-huh. On ice. Yep. Musical on ice. <laughs> Everything on ice. Um, let me think of another good one. Uh, oh, do you know what would be a good one? Wendy Williams, like her weight loss mm-hmm. um, experience. Yeah. Oh, this a is delight. Take off you on a musical that I really want to do, which is the I want to turn Fatso the movie into a musical. There you go. But don't don't tell anybody. Okay. We're doing Wendy. Uh oh. Yeah, I know. But, when, but Wendy I'm saying Williams Wendy Williams story. the story because, mm-hmm. but it's her specifically her weight loss because she's got yep. so much personality and yeah. energy and rhythm and. Uh, and, and all that. Yeah. These are great. I'm so okay. glad that I asked you and this question. One more. Uh, <laughs> picking out my kitty at the, uh, at the, at the adop- pet adoption. Oh, okay. Great. <laughs> great, great, great. It could be called Sweetie. Her name is Sweetie. Okay. Sweetie McGee. It could be called Sweetie McGee. Okay. Great, great, great. Okay. Next one is three foods that are either in this reality, uh, not great for you to have in perpetuity, uh, maybe have an allergy, anything like that, or could be even something that is like specific, but so far away, like, oh, this one kind of pizza in New York. In this universe, these three things are good for you. Just so happens that they're actually not bad for you. They're good for you. Mm. Uh, And that they won't make you sick or anything or fat. And you can just have them in perpetuity. uh, Three. Okay, well, you said pizza, yeah. the artichoke pizza in New York, but not the artichoke one. The other one that usually when they, it's, I think it's Sicilian. It's mm-hmm. the kind that when they serve it at school, it looks like a piece of white bread with tomato sauce. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like square yeah, shape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in, at artichoke pizza in New York, they put it in a pan that's been oiled. So the outside is crisp. Oh, yeah. It's really crisp yeah, on the crust, like yeah. crisp, almost but fried. But then crisp, chew, but then, but the then chewy like doughy. And way. then, yeah. So artichoke Wonderful. Sicilian pizza, but not artichoke flavor, just that brand. I, I just, I'm putting an R to remind me that it was a brand and not the... Not uh, the artichokes not itself. The artichoke. I don't like the artichoke pizza. It tastes like artichoke dipping up pizza. Oh, and do you know what's really good? I think Little Debbie's makes them, but I think Frito-Lay makes them too. Those wafer cookies with peanut butter in the middle. It's oh, yeah. chocolate. Oh, yeah. Those chocolate peanut butter wafer things. Um, what else? Just Mexican food chips. Fuck yeah. Chips. Chips and guacamole. Yeah. That's what I had for lunch. Chips I couldn't love... We're, we're, I think I've said this on the podcast recently, but we're going through a major guacamole phase where we seem to be making it afresh every other day. Like well, We can't live to, without guacamole. You buy those avocados and they yeah. go bad so quickly. Yeah. You're like, oh my God, we got to eat these. Oh yeah. We have God, to eat these right so away. So you but have salad, But then immediately guacamole, we need more. Like Japanese it's become food. a thing yeah. that we're like, we we for sure need to have some on hand at all time, right? Yeah, me too. And, they oh, get, and then I come home and they might be going bad and I'm like, oh my God, yeah. we didn't eat the... We didn't eat these. Yeah, because when it doesn't, when when it yeah. when it gets brown, I feel you can taste the brown. It's not yeah, just a can. visual thing. It's yeah, just it's like not. a dirty penny. It's, uh, it's like a dirty penny. Um, okay, next category is uh, three uh, talents that you wake up with tomorrow. You sort of downloaded Matrix style. So you wake oh. up in the morning and you um, there's let's have them grounded in some sort of reality. So it could be kung fu rather than fighting. I mean, rather than flying. Right. Or you know what I mean. Right, right, right. Like uh, like multi professional dancer, like a dancer. Yeah, great, great. I mean, I dance, but I'm not like a professional yeah. dancer. You know what I mean? I do. Um, uh, skier? I've never skied before even. Skateboard or ice? Ski, ski. On ice. ice. Oh, a skier. Ice, Got skier. It. skier. A skier on ice. Great. Yeah. Um, talent. <laughs> I'm like a Broadway singer. I mean, I can sing, but I, don't, I, I, I could actually I could probably do I'm so Broadway glad singer. that you don't have a Broadway voice, Lisa. I, I'm going to do Broadway. You. I'm going to do Broadway. I believe you will, but I'm um, just saying you don't have to have that voice where yet. suddenly you can't tell one voice from another right, because right. everyone's trained the same way. Oh, that tire, that's tiresome to me. like fresh milk. I'm talking about milk. Um, <laughs> what's another good... Oh, I wish I could like repair a car. Oh, Is yeah. Is that a talent? You know, like car yeah, mechanic. Yeah. 
I'm just going to understood all that stuff. Because that could be the mechanics of how lots yeah, of different yeah. things work as well. Okay. Next category is uh, like a like a best friend slash mentor from any place in time. Could even be a fictitious character from books or film. Somebody that uh, whenever you want, you pick up that phone uh, and they're always happy to take your call. And they're like, Lisa, ah, what's going on? And they say, Mrs. Pickle Wiggle. Yeah, great. She can help with any issues at home. Um, that's a good one. She's good for for family behavior relationship. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, how about I think Rabbi is his name Kushner? Is Kushner the right the guy who writes when bad things happen to good people? He's interesting. Oh yeah, is it Kushner? Kushner. It may well be. It may well be. I'm blanking. Uh, uh, when bad things happen. To rabbi, the, yeah, Kushner, Rabbi Kushner. Yeah, there you go. K U S H. Great. I do have a good rabbi here, but that's that's also one that I don't know already. So Great. aside from people I know, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, wait. And these are people I'm calling to ask for advice and stuff like that. Yeah, but you know, also if you just want to shoot the shit, they're excited about, about like, that too. Oh. Hmm. This is hard. I'm not good with names. I don't know. Like Barbara Streisand would be interesting. Sure. To Ask some advice. Let me go ahead and put Babs. Career advice. Great. Okay, final category. Mm, final category for you. Final category for you. I'm, I'm very hard on myself, the final category. It's important. Let's do, let's do three. Uh, we talked about this. Let's do th- like sort of. Let's, let's do three styles that, for whatever reason, practicality, comfort, what's au courant, whatever. Um, but three sort of ways of presenting yourself that, uh, that in this world, um, they could be the most complicated thing in the world. You could be wearing a bustle. It doesn't matter. Everything's right. comfortable. But just a, a way of presenting yourself that no one would judge people no matter where you were, but just like to try on, you know, could be right. like um, a... I mean, this is... I, I wish I could wear like boyfriend jeans and t-shirt. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, I, I just look terrible with that outfit on. But, you know, just... Yeah, just... I saw a picture of a writer today and she was wearing that and she just had no makeup, cute bangs. Yeah. And I was like, that's way yeah right but, okay so Understood. that's like the comfort version yep. of the thing now I'm perfect think of some that are not so comfortable um uh well i do like like i don't know what you would call it it's probably something that i can't think of any names who's the actress <laughs> she was played the 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 she was in Cinderella, the movie. She's in, um, oh. I don't know. Have I seen it? There's the blonde no, no, no. girl? She was in, she was in, uh, like, um, <laughs> I can't think of it. No, no, no. She's British. She's married to the film director who makes all the really wacky, weird. Rachel Weiss? No, she's, oh, okay. you know, who made, um, I, I was thinking of Darren Aronofsky when he yeah, said no, wacky. I can't think of any names, you know, um, I like this. Edward this is actually a really hands. fun game who for me. It? Oh, yeah. So His Tim wife. Burton's wife. Oh, Helena Bonham Carter? Yeah, but like one of her characters in one of those things oh, yeah. where it's like just like a whole cartoon. Oh, yeah. Everything's yeah. very short and colorful and bright. And yeah. Kind of like the the little girl in Descendants 2, which is a new movie on Disney. Um, she she kind of looks like that. Kind of like, like, like Willy Wonka meets just new wave. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of dress like that anyway. I'm but putting cartoon punk. Yeah, cartoon punk is really comfortable and cute. Okay, great. But I, these are these are things I kind of do. Wait, let me think of one that I do. Maybe like that 1920s, mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Or, or, you know, like those long gowns and mm-hmm. silk gowns cut on a bias. Mm-hmm. That kind of, you know, Downton Abbey. The thing that like I would the, immediately spill something wear, on. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. Like, oh, it's all wet. Uh, yep, yep. You got water on you when you're washing your hands in the bathroom. Exactly. That's yourself? all it takes. I know. Yeah. I don't know what you, like what, how do you function? That sound that yeah. pearls make that. Yeah. <laughs> I would immediately catch that like on the something. The Downton Abbey before the war. The yeah. I couldn't agree more. I, they get into a real nice in-between where it's not straight flapper, where like the sort of cliche flapper yeah. is this sort of in-between of like, Ooh, this is, there's yeah. something really subtle going on here that exactly. I like a lot. Um, okay, so I'm just going to make like a little swirl. You can just tell me when to stop. Don't okay. take very long. It's just oh, like, right. that's how no, I, I do it. Ah, it's coming back to you. Okay, tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay. I'm going to pause this. This will take no time at all. I will oh, wait, come back you with your right? 100% uh, guaranteed mash future. Yeah. You can do it a lot of different ways. You can do like a swirl. You can do like hash marks. Yes, sounds familiar. Yeah, it's buried back it in the recesses. I'll be right back. Gosh. Guys, I want you to rest assured to you will see no time has passed. Good. Okay. okay. Uh, I feel good about what I'm about to report back to you. Now, I do have to rip the bandit off a little bit because Mansion Apartment Shack House, it's just not under my control and you did end up with a shack. 
But the good news is it's a little shack in Colorado. Nice. It's just like a little mountain cabin. That's what do you want? Some weird McMansion in Colorado? No, you just need like a a little cozy place to to hole up and 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 I Colorado is so stunning. Um so you have a shack in Colorado. Uh that makes sense because you're also a fantastic skier. Oh good. I don't know, you may ski to and from that cabin. You may not <laughs> even need to like a helicopter or anything. Uh so congratulations on that. Um when you are snuggled up in that cabin or anywhere else for that matter, rest assured, you look fucking fantastic in boyfriend jeans and a tee. Oh, perfect. Casual, in Colorado. sexy Exactly. Yeah, I can do anything. Exactly. Plant a garden. Um, I want to say I, my friends and I are huge fans of Pussy the Musical. <laughs> it, uh, it it was the kind of emotional uh, catharsis that we all need right now to just be able to laugh and laugh. Uh, and I also appreciate uh, all of the good uh, deep talks you've had with Mrs. Pigglewiggle and oh. uh, the fact that, you know, she's there for you. She's yeah. there for you. Uh, you know who else is there for you, however? Is uh, Timothy Hutton? Oh, <laughs> from nineteen eighty four, something too. Nineteen eighty two. It's yeah, it's whatever iteration of Timothy Hutton you want. Uh, I want you to know that um, whatever it is that you're getting up to with him, aside from this, rest assured you can have unlimited uh, chips and guacamole. Wow, that's not going like anywhere. Yeah, you got that going for you. And uh, I feel like this is uh, this is foretelling something rather than like taking it into an unreality. You uh, collaborated on some amazing work with Patti Smith. Wow, I feel like we've just given sense. it permission to happen. It's very interesting. It all makes huh. sense. Yeah, it does. It really works well together, it doesn't does, it? Yeah. Um, uh, Lisa, please tell people, the wonderful people listening to this, where they can find you, what they should be keeping their eyes open for. I know you have albums happening. Yes. Well, my address. No, I'm just kidding. Uh-huh, perfect. Um, Social security okay, number yes. required. Um, I. You can find me at Lisa Loeb, L-O-E-B dot com. And I'm on tour everywhere. Uh, I'm going to the East Coast soon. Just I'm always in and out of town, so just look for me. Mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. also on Twitter at Lisa Loeb. I'm the official Lisa Loeb, I think, on Facebook, mm-hmm. and I think the official Lisa Loeb or Lisa Loeb on Instagram. Now, is that because p- other people, for some reason, create accounts where they pretend to be you? There's that, and also there's me. Yeah. Oh, okay. And the official really yeah. has information, more information I, on a lot where of you're new be videos and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And yeah. I have a new record, um, Lullaby Girl, that came out October sixth with Amazon, exclusively on Amazon. Great. You can listen to it for free on Amazon Prime. Nice. You can order CDs from them, although the first batch of people who ordered the CDs, they all got instrumental CDs somehow by accident. Really? <laughs> so so funny. I know, it's like They karaoke. just had those lying around that That's they were printing really out. Yeah. They're doing one at a time. How odd. But anyway, so that record is out. I also have a record, Feel What You Feel, and I worked with Craig Robinson on a couple songs on that record, Amazing. and Ed we Helms. Craig. And it's a really fun record, and another Helms. couple records on Amazon Prime. So you can listen to those for free, or you can order them. Um... I'm on tour a lot, and I don't know what other questions. That's a lot of great stuff. No, that I think we hit. And there's we there's more stuff coming out later than year, but if you you can sign up on my mailing list, and I will oh, send very infrequent reminders of where I'm going to be and what I'm doing and where you can see me. It's not going to be a daily blog, guys. We no. already know that oh blogs God, no. hang over Lisa's head. There will be no blogs. Um, <laughs> well, there so- will. Be. <laughs> But not like a lot of them. We'll look out to see if we can find uh, the spontane- this kind of spontaneity to the ones that you're yes. being more comfortable with just yes. doing stream of thought. Um, thank you so much for doing the podcast. Thank you. Uh, I it. You guys, I will talk to you next time. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.